Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben, how's your week been, buddy? Yeah, great. Everything is just fantastic. Yeah, before we started recording, um, uh, you were complaining about how nothing's better. What's going on? Why is your week so horrible? What do you have? You t- news virus. <laughs> the world is closed. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that, but uh, you know. How's Ben doing? I think that's what's the most important part of the Ben story. Is it? I, I don't think it is. See, I'm not a narcissist like you. I don't think I'm the center of everything. <laughs> I, I think what's going on in the world is more important <clears throat> than what's going on with me. What, what, what did, I don't matter that much. You're real, I'm real fine. fussed. You're super fussed today. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm yeah, convinced that yeah. it's like something else is going on, like a woman rejected you, and then you're like taking it out on the world and, and the news. <laughs> What's going there on, Ben? Did a woman reject who, you? Who could, who could reject me? There's, you can't go out in public. I can't, I can't put myself <laughs> in a position to even be rejected right now. Oh, I get what's going on. You're sexually frustrated because you can't go out on dates from your apps and stuff. That's what's really yeah. happening here. Yeah, maybe. That's... Oh, <laughs> guess who I got a text from last week? No! <laughs> yes. She's back? What does she want from you? Just wanted to know how I was doing, I guess. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you, what'd you tell her? Because you're a little lonely now. You're a little more desperate. You're kind of open to opportunities. You said, oh, I'm, do, I'm doing good. I've been thinking about you a real lot, though. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, no, that's not quite how the conversation went. All right, fine. Yeah, it's good to hear from her again. I'm, I'm glad she's still thinking about me. <laughs> Were you civil, or are you reaching a point where you're like, for the love of God, stop texting me, it's over? Or what's going on? Uh, no, I'm civil, but terse mm. short i don't know i'm not de-engaging very much and i don't want to just i don't know i hear you uh, yeah well all right you're doing the adult thing but the adult thing means that you know you'll stretch for for months so enjoy yeah. that not, well you know maybe maybe part of me wants to leave that door slightly ajar well yeah everyone's trapped in their homes and horny as hell yeah sure. uh how's work speaking of being horny How's uh, yeah. how's working from home treating you? It's, it, yeah. It seems like you're working a lot. Have you been working on the on the days? I mean, are, is it boiled down to? I'll start over. Are you working four hours a day as opposed to eight, or are you working full days up until like Wednesday, and then you can't work, you know, Thursday, Friday? Like, what's your work schedule like since they've reduced your hours? Well, yeah, as you, as you're alluding to, they reduced my hours and pay, yeah. which means. In reality, they just reduced my pay. Mm-hmm. Are you still working Monday through Friday, as I was expected? Like eight-hour yeah, days? Pretty much. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. How's that? Uh, you know, we got we to, gotta, even though it's reduced pay in hours, we still got to be, you know, for the good of the company, we got to keep pulling our weight. Yeah, no, for sure. Because it's, um, as you've been hearing a lot of people say in the news on certain news channels with certain pundits, uh, it's worth sacrificing your life to uh, maintain that the companies are still able to be profitable 
and save the economy. So yeah. think about that. I mean, you talk about not being a narcissist. Listen to you bitching and complaining about having to work extra when you should be willing to sacrifice your life, Ben. I know. I, I you know, it's it's tough sometimes. And when I'm feeling bogged down at work, I just remind myself, well, at least I'm helping my CEO remain a billionaire. <laughs> exactly. And that makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, that's fun. So you got yeah. nothing else that's pretty much been your week? Is, uh... Yeah, that's about it. Well, anyways, yeah, uh, for me, thanks for asking. Nothing. I have nothing to report. That's the life of uh, the life of being quarantined is I could tell you all sorts of mundane stories about the new cat. That would be exciting for you. Uh, work. I did online cl- uh, courses last week, and that was really boring and incredibly long. Are we both having, like, midlife crises or something? I don't know. It's not a midlife crisis if it's forced on you like this. Yeah. It's, well. it's not like it's dawning on us that our lives have no purpose. We're forced to do a position where our lives have no purpose. Well, I mean, what's the difference, though, really? No, the difference is you're getting real angry. <laughs> real ornery. <laughs> well, uh, I am? Oh, yeah. Just a little bit ago, getting all mad. And we had to finally yeah. boil it down to you're just feeling horny and lonely. But uh, in my case... Uh, is, that, is that what the conclusion was? Yeah, that's what we decided in the end. Okay. Because uh, right. that's the reason why you're leaving doors open for ex-girlfriends, because, uh, boy, you're... Well, not open, just just slightly ajar. Just, like, not, not even open, just unlocked. <laughs> just unlocked. I just, I didn't, I'm not using the deadbolt yet. So if she pushes hard enough, she can get in. You're leaving it open. Yeah. But with quarantining, Maybe, yeah. what's, the, what's the most you expect to get out of that scenario? Uh, dirty texts? I mean, that's probably what you're looking for, I guess. What's your goal? I don't know. It's the, I, the long game, I guess. Well, maybe. No, you just want to be loved. Maybe, maybe some post-quarantine celebration or something. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really thought this through. I just. Uh, well, yeah. we got nothing to talk about. We should move on. Uh, well, does, wait. Oh, you got something? I was going to say Gretchen. Yeah, well, she fully admits she's out of dental tips. Oh, good. Does she got any life tips? She does. Oh, look at that. Um, well, okay, first, she doesn't. She forwarded some life tips to me. Um, <laughs> from like a website? From George Washington. What? George Washington's rules of civility and decent behavior <laughs> in company and conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That is um, totally hilarious. So this is a book she apparently has and oh, so it's, sometimes. So it's not something that that we can quote here on the show. Uh, she just sent you a whole book. Well, no, no. She sent me uh, she sent me a picture. So I, I will. Do, do you want do you want a rule of civility and decent behavior from George Washington? I guess we might as well. I mean, we've already been talking. We've been building it up. So go ahead. When in company. Put not your hands to any part of the body, not usually discovered. Wait, what? Like, don't touch your balls? When in company, (laughs) put not your hands to any part of the body, not usually discovered. Uh, Yeah, balls, I think. I was just going to say, like, so it's just don't touch your privates. Don't pick your nose. Yeah, but that's how they said it 250 years ago. (laughs) Well, that's just common sense. All right, fine. George Washington doesn't seem like he's the brightest guy. Do you got another one, or is that the only one you got? I've got four more. How many do you want right now? Give me at least one more. Let's see if he's any if he uh, smartens up a little bit, or if he's just going to say the obvious all the time. 
in the presence of others, sing not to yourself with a humming noise, <laughs> nor drum with your fingers or feet. <laughs> How common was that back then where you have to have, like, pro tips? Like, ah, don't hum so loud and don't tap your fingers on the table. I don't know. That's weird. Um, show nothing to your friend that may affright him. <laughs> All these are horrible. I was hoping for like a real insider's tip, but uh, yeah, so far this is all pretty obvious stuff. All right, fine. What's the last one? Now we've got two more. Okay, go ahead. Every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. Oh, well, that's huh? Like just be respectful to the people around you. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's... I don't know why you're struggling so much with these simple rules. I mean, it's just that they're too simple, and I want to what? give them more deeper meaning. Well, you seem to be, I don't know, like, what? I'm not supposed to touch my balls? Like, I don't know. You seem <laughs> to be struggling with that. Well, no, I just don't understand the simplicity of it. So, for example, I'm looking for the level of uh, sophistication in the advice that a salesperson once told me a long time ago, where I said, could you give me some advice of all your years in salesmanship? And he said, uh, yeah, one I thought was pretty useful that somebody told me is that if you're in a situation where you're trying to convince someone of something um, and there's a moment of silence, the first person to speak loses. So you can sit there for a whole five minutes at a time just staring at each other until they finally speak, which puts them in the weaker position and then you can get them to buy your product. I was like, oh, weird. See, that's complex. That's nuanced. George Washington doesn't have anything like that unless this last one's any good. Go on. Are you disconnected? No, I'm just power move here. I won. Oh, God you damn it. <laughs> that was easy. I don't think you can just arbitrarily do it. <laughs> it seems like I can. I just did. If you cough, sneeze, sigh, or yawn, do it not loud, but privately. And speak not in your yawning, but put your handkerchief or hand before your face and turn aside. That's not like the uh, rules of salesmanship. All right, let's move on. I, eh. Do you get to pick out any other ones in the future or does she send them to you? Oh, that's just what she sent me. All right, fine. I got to say I'm a little want, disappointed. Do you want more? Okay. God, is it, well, maybe. I don't know. Can she suss out ones like... For example, take get better care of your teeth or else you might have to have them replaced with wooden ones would be like a life tip that only George Washington could give you. Fine. She, well, well, there's there's another 105 of them, so. All right. This is the first five, so Fine. if we want more, she's got more. All right. Have her work a little harder, huh? <laughs> Mom, work a little harder. Yeah, work a little harder on these George Washington tips. Well, let's move on to the show, Ben, because we clearly have nothing else to talk about. We have nothing in our private lives worth discussing. So, Ben... Following yes, up Glenn. with the uh, yep. second half of Flowers in the Attic, 
Yes. One thing I forgot to point out from the first half of the book is that when Christopher sees the magnificent swan bed in the bedroom with the tiny Uh baby bed. Sure. He, his quote, I I wound up uh, like revisiting this when I was like going back over the last chapter or whatever, before diving into the rest, uh, he described it as something you'd see like in a Roman orgy, which I forgot to mention in the last one. Wait, he he said that? Yeah. (laughs) It's like something. I mean, he is a a student of history, so I guess he he would know. Yeah, how many Roman orgies has he seen? I don't, I don't know. Is there, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, one of the books up in the attic, do they talk about I Roman orgies? Know. I don't know. Yeah, well, they did discover a book at one point. Right. Wait, is there something in the Bible about Roman orgies? I don't know. I don't think so. And nothing descriptive where you'd look at a piece of furniture and be like, oh, that's just like what I read about the Roman orgy in the Bible. But, well, anyways, you know. um... So, it's just a hodgepodge of stuff towards the end of this book. Uh, Grandma gets weirder, starts demanding to cut off Kathy's hair because she's well, too slutty. And as we pick up part two of the book, uh, apparently another year has passed, so mm. they've been there like over two years now in this attic. Yeah, by the time the book's done, they've spent three and a half years in this yeah. attic. So, Which is hilarious because at the... Uh, Towards the end, Christopher is still dead set on, like, we're sticking... They've already been there three years or something, and he's like, we're sticking this out because I want to be a doctor someday, and we're going to wait for that old man to die. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's... Again, it's a not insignificant amount of money coming their way. Yeah, but... It's a lot of money. For kids, for teenagers or tweens who are just budding... uh, Three years is a long time to spend in like two rooms, so it's a lot of money. Do you have to? Do you have to answer that? <clears throat> I heard your phone going. <laughs> no, it's a, apparently somebody on Instagram liked my post, so that's what that oh. is. Finally, uh, we're blowing up on Twitter. Weirdly <laughs> enough, I thought I Twitter was Twitter. completely dead, but uh, apparently that's where we get more action. Anyways, um, so Grandma wants to cut off her hair was one thing that stood out. So I got the quote uh, that Kathy says to herself because she doesn't want to give up the hair. Uh, she would rather be whipped because she says the scars will heal, but it would take months to grow back my hair. Yeah. Well, no, she didn't say scars. She says my skin would heal. Oh, my skin. And then she actually then Which... she goes in. Daddy says he likes long hair on little girls. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so eerie yeah, and she, creepy. She didn't say anything about scars. She just said her skin would heal. I'm like, no, I think it was scar actually if he got whipped a bunch. Yeah, that's the true. Hair, the hair would grow back. I understand she'd be growing the hair out for years, and she likes it long, and so does Daddy, but... Well, she's a she's a kid. She thinks that the hair is your status. The hair yeah, is wait. the window to your soul. Uh, scars on your back is... Is she a woman? She's... Well, she's becoming a that's, woman. Well, that's why Grandma wanted to cut the hair off, because she saw um, her admiring her developing body in the mirror, so... <laughs> yeah. Gotta cut all the hair off. Yeah, um, so like yeah, that. she grandma wanted her to cut it off. Uh, she didn't. So grandma snuck in in the middle of the night, drugged her, and tarred her, which was so excessive. Like the drugging, okay, the tarring. I, I, okay, you're trying to paint the the portrait of some crazy grandma, but to go out of your way to like get a syringe and drug her, and then wait till it takes effect, and then pour the tar in the hair. <laughs> so. And well, and then did grandma drug the other kids too, so they wouldn't wake up while. I don't, tarring was going on. I, I mean, didn't get that impression. I thought they just she just drugged the one kid. 
and uh, just hope the others wouldn't I, wake up. Um, I know, but that's how it was presented in the book, but I don't think... Like, when one of the other three kids have woken up, like, it, surely there's some noise going on there. And Oh, uh, yeah. It's an old house. It's an old mansion. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a floorboard that creaks or something. Plus, the kids are so terrified of the grandma anyways that they'd be alert, uh, more aware of sounds while they're sleeping than they probably normally be. Well, I don't know. I mean... Throughout the book, they did make a point of saying that the twins were very sound sleepers, so I, I don't know. Oh, I see. So you already set up your safety net I, I there very so, early yeah. on. All right, fine. I don't know. Uh, I, I, there was, like, scenes where they had they actually did sneak out, uh, Christopher and, and Kathy, did sneak out to go swimming. Yeah. And that's where, um, that's where some of the sexuality finally starts to kick in. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple quotes. One... I felt as weak. Wait, wait, wait. Are, <clears throat> we're just going to skip over the part uh, where the kids were starving after the grandma tarred their hair. Oh, yeah. Then, she wouldn't feed them until she cut her hair. Yeah. Yeah. So since she wouldn't feed them, they resorted to drinking Christopher's blood. That's right. Yeah. You're just going to oh, skip yeah, that Oh, no, yeah. No, I have that in my notes. Hey, this is us freeballing it, remember? Structure, yeah. f- structure free. Uh-huh. This is your idea. This is what well, happens. You can get mad that. if we skip over it, but that's what you love about your non- Chaotic, cool punk rock podcaster. I'm not saying we should go like completely out of order. I'm just saying we don't need to say. <laughs> this is chapter 17. It was See? called this, and these are the things that happened in this chapter. And then, uh, was... yeah, this is just like Lord of the Flies. Uh, once you remove the agreed social construct, uh, everything falls into disarray. But up until then, you're a big fan of no rules. But then once we lose the rules, look at you. You're panicking. So, yeah, they're drinking his blood <laughs> for sustenance. Christopher yeah. cut his wrist and had the twins how is that a, drink his blood. How is that a sustaining thing? Is there a science well, behind this I'm not aware of? I don't know. I mean, is there a religious allegory there? Is blood yeah. of Christ or something? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Or not really. I don't think Jesus walked around like, I got a cut on my finger. Suck on it. <laughs> I don't remember that ever being a thing. Well, it's not a literal thing. but I know, I know but it's... The, it was weird because I was like, how is that? These kids are sucking on his blood. It's like a whole vampire-ish kind of vibe. Um, but how yeah. how is blood in your tummy something where it's like, oh, good. That's like a good high-calorie meal I just had. I didn't understand that part. I don't know. Well, getting to the swimming, which yeah. is the exciting part. Fine, the yeah. kids didn't get to eat for three to four days. That's not exciting. You know what's exciting? A couple of uh, teens related to each other and everything yeah. go swimming. Swimble. Supple teens. Supple teens. Uh, they they wind up going uh, going out into the lake, but they, they I think they skinny dip. Or no, no, they were in their underwear, but she doesn't have a top, so she's topless getting in that water. Uh, Christopher kind of keeps looking at her all the time. Then my favorite quote being, I felt as weak as a wet dishcloth, which is what I was trying to say earlier. Uh, another one is that uh, that there was a hillock of his manhood beginning to swell between his thighs. Yeah. <laughs> and just before this, she was watching Christopher's profile as he was looking up at the night sky and thinking, he looks just like my dad. <laughs> yeah. So later on in the book, um, Kathy goes downstairs to try to steal jewelry and stuff from mom um, because they've completely given up on mom sticking to her end of the deal. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna escape this mansion, but they need five hundred dollars first. Yeah, they need a sizable amount of money, and they did steal small small bills, really meticulous, and like, well, don't take too many. Like, we got to make sure she doesn't notice. So it's just like a couple ones, and then like a five. 
And they're trying to do that over time. And then finally they're like, all right, we're going to go get some jewelry too because this is getting ridiculous. And then she sees mom's new husband because mom got married to Bartholomew Winslow. Bart. Yeah, she got married to Bart. Yeah. And uh, she sees him lying in bed because he's sleeping and mom's gone. But he's laying in the chair. Did he pass out in the chair or something? Oh, I thought it was in the bed. Whatever. The point is, is that he's like half asleep. And so she walks up to him and he's got beautiful full lips and uh, and just goes on for the longest time describing how much how attractive he is um, and she says yeah. and of everything he had that had pleased me well it was the full and sensual lips beneath his mustache that intrigued me most such a beautifully shaped mouth sensual lips that must kiss my mother dot 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 everywhere <laughs> so she wants it and she goes and gives him a kiss because she's dying to kiss. And she even says, I wanted to kiss someone that I wasn't related to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so she yeah. kisses him. And then um, later on, uh, Christopher, when he's feeling better, he goes down. By, by the way, he's asleep this whole time. He didn't wake up. No, he didn't That's wake up. But should... later on, Christopher is like snooping around and he overhears Bart talking to his mom saying, yeah, I swear I had this dream that an angel kissed me. And then Christopher yeah. just gets real mad and goes back and rapes his sister. Yeah. Flat out rapes her. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, uh. Yeah, it was not great. I said, I said Christopher gets jealous. Uh, they, they wrestle and she gives up because she, uh, she might have strong dancer's legs, but he has the biceps and upper body strength. Uh, quote being, he has much more determination than I, than I to use something hot, swollen, and demanding. Afterwards, he says, don't hate me, Kathy. I didn't mean to rape you. Yeah, and she's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it didn't bother her. Yeah. So. So, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> no. So, backing up, uh, one of the kids dies. Uh, Corey? Well, that's, yeah. I think that was before before the but, rape, wasn't it? I can't remember anymore at this point. I think it was after. I think before the rape, though, Corey um, got himself a pet mouse. They named it Mickey. That's that right. Fun. He was trying to chew his own leg off in the mousetrap, and so they, they kept Mickey. <clears throat> yeah. Which was great. Uh, yeah. Weird. The kids, every time the kids had dialogue, I just wanted to tear my eyes out. It was just yeah. so frustrating how that was written. Yeah, like, for instance, does money make the world go round, or is it love? <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, I think I wrote down the same quote. Uh, yeah. Hold on, let's see if I have where I have that. Oh, I have a uh, when they were. I think this is like after they're swimming. He kisses her on her nipple, and then the quote being, "He laughed." One of those dry chuckles you read about in novels. Which <laughs> is such lazy writing. You won't describe it yourself. You're just going to piggyback on something else you've read somewhere in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I'd like to uh, mention when. Uh, Chris and uh, Kathy were digging around mom's room looking for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came across the uh, stash of pornography. Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, was it the Karma Sutra? I thought it was. That's kind of what it sounded like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something like but that. But it seemed it was maybe like a hardcore edition of the Karma Sutra. Or, or just straight up pornography. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Kathy puts on mom's clothes. Oh, yeah. Kathy puts on her, um, her clothes, her mom's clothes and makeup. Um, then that's when she sees a smut book. And then she thinks about grandma knowing this is how people are when they're alone together. 
Uh, and she keeps giving her, her grandma credit. Like, besides giving her grandmother credit there, she also references earlier um, about how she's seen Christopher naked a million times, but it's not until recently that um, she starts to see him differently, and it's because of uh, her eyes. Because uh, she sees him differently, and uh, she's like, well, now suddenly my eyes have changed, and I'm seeing him totally differently, and I'm getting aroused by him. And she goes, that's why grandma made it a rule for us not to look at each other um, directly. Yeah. And, uh, and so she's like giving her as if grandma is wise all along. And even towards the end of the book where Christopher catches grandma in her bedroom, like he sneaks by and sees her that she's like praying and saying, God, I was just trying to do the best I could, but she's whipping the kids and stuff. Yeah. And keeping them locked away for three years in a bedroom. And, um, as we find out later where the mouse comes into play, she's poisoning them or was well, it? The mom. I think the mom was, wasn't she? Well, that's where the ending gets so ridiculous. Because finally, like, there's this big exposition thing. There's, like, this information dump from Christopher as he snuck yeah. around the final time. Yeah. He sees the grandma and sees grandma praying about how I tried to do my best and whatever. So that grandma apparently is somehow vindicated, even though she's horrible. She finds out that the grandpa had died a long time ago, like a year or something. Over before. over a year. Yeah. Previous. Yeah, the grandpa's <clears throat> been dead. And then he also, before he died, he... So Mama was back in the will mm-hmm. of Grandpa, but they put some writer in the will saying that if it's ever discovered that Mama had any children with their from the previous incestuous marriage, then he, she was going to be out of the will, disinherited. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, her solution to that was to slowly poison her own children with arsenic in the donuts. So and the, one of them did die. Yeah, that would be uh, Corey died, and that was the other thing is that. I, I figure the grandma was in on it or knows about it. She wasn't innocent because when Corey was super sick and they're like, you have to, and the mom kept it like the mom disappeared for what? Like two months at one point. Then yeah. she like gets mad when the kids are like, where have you been? And she's like, well, don't make me feel guilty. And I'm not coming back till you treat me better. So then she takes off for another two weeks. And so the mom's just getting more and more distant and won't look the kids directly in the eyes. And then all of a sudden Corey's super sick. And the kids are saying like, you've got to take him to the doctor and the mom's crying because she doesn't want to. And so then finally she says, okay, I will. And the grandma's there during this discussion. And so then Kathy says, well, I want to come with. And grandma's like, no, I'm going to go. You stay here, which is a big problem. 24 hours later, they come back and say, yeah, he died. We brought him to the hospital with a fake name. and um, But then he didn't survive, so we buried him already within 24 hours. <laughs> which is completely insane to me. Uh, how do you bury someone that quickly? What about a coroner? Does he want to have some time to look at the body? They usually do for, you know, any reasons. Um, but the grandma was in on it. So she was like helping the mom do all this. And like, she had to have been poisoned. Like she knew she was poisoning him. She's already been I using a syringe like to drug him. Complicit or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The way I read it, the, the mom was kind of driving it, but yeah, the grandma was kind of, she had to not have been. entirely innocent, but so she's not vindicated. Why did she have this period of saying like, "Oh, this is how grownups are"? Grandma knew all along. Like it's just yeah. like so weird to me. But anyways, Corey snoops around, sees the grandma praying, notices that the grandpa's been dead for a long time. Um, he overhears uh, Butler and the maid having sex. Yeah. And uh, what were they talking about? They were they basically like the Butler and maid just like spilled everything out very conveniently but I forgot all the details it was just this flurry of information on the yeah, last chapter I, I don't remember exactly but yeah that's basically saying that the mom it's what you described about the uh, the will uh, how conveniently the the grandpa's like well have you ever had any kids with that uncle of yours 
then you're not getting any money out of the will. Like, why would he put that in if he doesn't know that she has kids anyways? Like, she's been floating around. If he doesn't know she has kids, why would he... From the uncle, why would she... Why would he put that in the will? It doesn't make any sense. So now it just... It creates a scenario where she's got to choose between money and the kids, and so, of course, she chooses money. Um, Again, it's it's a lot of money. (laughs) I still appreciate that you call... I say the mom, but you call her mama, like they do in the book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You call her by her proper Christian name. Uh, When Corey dies, I have the quote... The news hits Christopher hard in the groin, like a kick. (laughs) (laughs) And also there's one point where she's having a dream about uh, Corey. um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I just, the the dreams in general that she has are so outlandish. And pointless. Yeah, pointless. But also, like, these aren't, this isn't how dreams work. Like, the dreams that she's having are... I, I don't know. I, I had a problem with how the dreams were described in this book. Oh yeah, there was nothing. She had, she had a few like real dandies of, of dreams in there. Like this, this is stupid. Well, the one with uh, Corey going to heaven and the dad yeah. taking him. Yeah. You're right. It's like something out of a really bad Hallmark movie. Like, the, well, this isn't yeah. how anyone dreams. Like, I get that it's a fantasy novel, but it's almost like saying when people take poops. Uh, shards of glass come out. Like, well, no, they don't. We all take poops. We know how poops work. Shards of glass don't come out unless you're eating glass. Same thing with the, the, these dreams. It's like, well, that's not how people dream, but you try to give them a pass. But I, you, think it's, I think your analogy there is odd. That was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in my house. Oh, so when the sleeping, the dreaming, she has a dream about uh, Corey going to heaven and dad being there to take Corey. So she's like saying hello to dad and goodbye to Corey and it's all sad uh, and whatever. Daddy. Yeah, and so then when she wakes oh, up, when she wakes up, uh, Christopher says, "You were talking in your sleep, laughing and crying, saying hello and goodbye. Why do you dream so much?" <laughs> yeah. So, I, does VC Andrews like not dream or something? Does she not know how dreams work? Maybe. Well, you know, back in the '60s and '70s, uh, when she wrote the book in the '70s. People took a lot of Valium and stuff back then, so maybe she's she... just on Quaaludes the whole time. Yeah. Like, so either she was just dead, dead sleep, or she didn't dream a goddamn thing, okay. or yeah, her dreams dream. were insane from the drugs she was probably taking. Yeah, because the evidence from this book would suggest that she doesn't know how dreams work. Yeah. Also, another thing I noticed of this book that was really bothering me was the, the children are using really adult words and phrases, and I didn't pick any out specifically. Uh, Well, I do have one. Uh, When Christopher was talking about how he's trying to break into the safe to steal the jewels, and a long time being spent on how tumblers work and how you turn the dial and you wait for a sound and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, and then, like, and then Christopher's saying, like, and when the tumbler makes the sound, it gives away its secrets or something like that. And I'm like, that's not how kids talk, even teenagers. And then later on, like, after he breaks into the safe, uh, Kathy says, oh, hell and damnation. And kids don't say that. And so I was realizing, like, normally those kind of words or how you would describe scenarios and stuff would be up to the narrator, like the third person yeah, to describe and not the actual words coming out of the, the children's mouths. So she sucks at that. Where you would have, I don't know, it was really driving me nuts, especially towards the end. It was really, really like, I think she was trying to get through the last chapters pretty quickly. Because it was just this information dump and bad writing. Yeah. Um, Still better writing than Stephanie Meyer is capable of, though. Yeah, true. I was only mildly annoyed versus just in pain and angry the entire time. But um, yeah. 
So Chris is telling the story about the mom leaving, choosing money, um, never told the guy about them, her new husband, about the children. Uh, Again, you say choosing money, choosing a lot of money. <laughs> like you keep leaving that part out. It's a lot of money. Maybe I'm more idealistic than you, Ben. Maybe I believe in love conquers. Oh, actually, that was a quote of hers is what you brought up earlier where she says, like, I think she was. The, does money uh, make the world go round or is it love? Yeah, because mom was saying that love makes the world go around, not money. But then clearly mom's changed her mind or whatever. But then at the end, Kathy was like... No, I think mom was always saying that uh, money made the world go around. Oh. That's what mama was always saying. Yeah, maybe you're right. And then Kathy was just saying, actually, it's the other way around. But Because that's when Kathy was like being a deterministic in her fate, where she was saying, I'm not letting anyone push me around anymore. Now I make my own decisions and that sort of thing. Because she's a woman. Yeah, God bless her. Uh... Chris has finally finished his story about how everyone's abandoned them, and uh, it's just the three of them now in this mouse, and um, and he starts crying. And my favorite quote coming from Kathy is, "Why so many tears, Chris? Why so many?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty horrible. Um, so anyway, they they escape finally. Are we to that part yet? Yeah, um, yeah, we are. Uh, okay. They escape finally, and they they get to the train station where. Which I am confused about where this train station is exactly, because when they arrived, they it, it was like hours that they walked to get to this house. I thought, right? It was a long walk from the <clears> train <throat> platform to the to the mansion. That's what I thought. Either the mansion is on a big hill, and all around it is just empty plain fields, because they were saying that they were sitting at the platform, the empty platform, and you can see the house, and you can see the grandma in the window looking exactly. out at them. Yeah, that, but they I, know I, that she can't see them. All she can well, see is they, the train. They were in the train at that point, but yeah, they said as they were leaving in the train, yeah. they looked back and they could see grandma in the window at the mansion. I'm like, well, wait, I thought they had to walk hours to get. I know if you can see grandma the in the window, then you're not that far like away. Right <laughs> yeah, so I was a little confused by that. You're like four blocks away if you can still see her in the window. So yeah. <laughs> it's just I know. And then, but they did mention, so my thought when I was going through this was, well, they keep acting like they're going to be out on their own, like on the streets trying to survive and they need this money. But really you just call the police or, you know, you tell the police, like I was being held against my will, blah, 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 blah. You can get the mom arrested. Um, you can get it put in foster care or whatever. Social services gets involved, whatever. Yeah. They didn't do that though. They didn't, but at the very... Because that was the thing, is, like, they weren't mentioning it at all. And around the time where I'm like, why wouldn't they call the police? Then they do, actually, she winds up writing, like, that's an option. But do we really want our names all over the papers? No, we choose to be anonymous. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I think also <laughs> they didn't want the kids going into the system. They got the family broken up. I think that was part of it, too. That still doesn't... Uh, yeah, I know. That doesn't make any sense. Because there's no way they can support themselves, and they know it. They're well, they have homeless. Four hundred dollars, <laughs> and in 1970s money, that's like yeah, that's a couple ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not uh, the exceptional amount of money that they've been waiting for the last three years, but it's still a sizable amount. Anyway, it's all explained in the epilogue um, <clears throat> because she says, "After we escaped Foxworth Hall, mm-hmm. we made our way and managed somehow to always keep striving toward our goals." So there you go. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> we managed somehow to keep striving. Just yeah. the vaguest, vaguest wrap up on that. Well, but how we managed to survive. That's another story. Yeah, and that was the Which cliffhanger to, for book number two. Yeah, there's what, eight more books in the series. So yeah. if you want to know how they survived on the streets, you're going to have to read Petals on the Wind. 
and then If There Be Thorns, and then Seeds of Yesterday, and then Garden of Shadows, and then Christopher's Diary, Secrets of Foxworth, and then Christopher's Diary, Echoes of Dellinger, and then Secret Brother, and then you fall, you, you end it all with Beneath the Attic. That's amazing. Well, that was, uh, that was amazing. Oh, I forgot. Christopher, at one point, after she's been uh, dancing, uh, Oh, uh, the mom comes back at one point and she brings leather-bound encyclopedias. And Christopher gets really, his eyes get real big because he's always wanted encyclopedias. And so that becomes a running thing where later um, uh, Kathy's debating committing suicide because it would like, I think that's with the starving period where she's like, that'll leave more food for the other kids and stuff. And she's like, and Christopher won't miss me because he's just always got his nose in those encyclopedias (laughs) and stuff. But at one point, uh, he makes fun of her butt for some reason, and her quote being, shut up, if my buttocks are round and firm, it's from exercise, not fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Pretty amazing. Uh. Well, there was that. Let's, uh, Let's wrap up this book. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, I still have these uh, topics and questions for discussion in the back of my book. If we want to go over those, sure. Can I just throw in one thing? Uh, yeah. You know how like you read, uh, or you don't read, but you always like hear the premise of people trapped on a deserted island, and um, the well, like the Blue Lagoon, where they, a young couple gets trapped on a deserted island, and, and you know as things move or progress over time, their their clothes get kind of ratty, but it's kind of sexy and. And that kind of stuff, and the sexual tension builds up between them, and there's coconuts. Here, uh, the closest she could get is that she couldn't fit into her leotard anymore because it's the size of a child's leotard, so she has to cut the top off. Yeah, so, so she's, her boobs are just hanging out. Yeah, her, yeah. she's dancing around in, with her boobs hanging out. Well, then stop wearing the leotard or put a shirt on over the top. I've watched Flash Dance. I've seen how they dress. You cut off sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Go on. Let's do some of the the follow up questions. Well, I haven't screened any of these, so I'm just kind of <clears throat> gonna pick them at random and hope they hope they work. All right, go ahead. Oh, here. Well, oh, we already talked about that one. One of them is about uh, is it money or love that makes the world go around. So, uh, I'm still that. a fan of love, but you're. Uh, it seems like you side with money, so we're in an impasse there. Well, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how much money we're talking about. <laughs> it was a lot of money. Did they ever say exactly how much money or a ballpark of the amount of money? I don't no, think, I think they ever did. No, I think you said in last week's episode, though, it was uh, not uh, what, filthy rich or whatever. It was. Sinfully, sinfully, yeah. <laughs> loquaciously. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty uh, loquaciously. I, I, think, All right. I, think they, I think Mama did say at some point earlier in the book that it was not millions or even tens of millions, but... Maybe billions, even. <laughs> so, it's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean, even by today's standards, that's that can get you out of a lot of jams. Okay, here's here's a good question for discussion. Uh, were you happy for Chris and Kathy that they fell in love, despite the fact they were siblings? Did you want them to find a happy ending together as lovers? Or did you hope that once they were out of the attic, they would conform to, to societal norms and find appropriate partners outside their family? Well, 
let's look at the, a little bit of the history of this. Uh, uh-huh. We find out that the parents are related. Uh, and then it's talked about how it's not a bad thing that they're related. And society misjudges people who are uh, incestuous uh, based on just the health of the babies. And so then as time goes on, you have Kathy, who idolizes her father, sees her father in her brother, and uh, is sexually attracted to him. So there's a lot of buildup. Uh, there's some playfulness where he's, like, tickling her. And uh, there's one point where he, like, kisses her nipples when she's got her top off from the dancing, the leotard. So there's a lot of buildup. I think the, the part you want to believe that you can be carried along and empathize with these two and maybe even get to a point where you're rooting for them. It's the rape that ruined that for me. So, no, I don't wish that they continue on together because he's just he's a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I um, did not want them to find a happy ending together as lovers. I love how the rape gets glossed over, even in these questions at the end. I was reading a review, like a chapter review, um, and they glossed over it too. They just talked about it, and then they made love. I'm like, well, no, it was rape. They even said it was well, rape. One of, the, one of these questions does address, address it more directly. Well, then let's hear that question. Kathy tells Chris not to feel guilty for raping her because she was tempting him by walking around in skimpy clothes. That's one of my notes I forgot to read, yeah. Later, while in bed, she wonders if they were destined to repeat the sins of their parents. Discuss (laughs) the issues of Kathy's victim-blaming and religious guilt. Why do you think Kathy took on Chris's guilt as her own? So there, at least that question calls it what it was. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's less of a question than actually calling out it was rape, and she's victim blaming and herself. Yeah, the, the, so that question kind of answered itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess rape. maybe she's giving yeah, him a pass time. because he looks so much like her dad that she's apparently physically attracted to. Maybe that. Maybe that's an answer. I don't know. Um. Now oh, here's a good one. Who do you think is in a worse situation in the attic, Chris and Kathy, or the twins? Is it harder to grow up in captivity, especially during such an awkward and rebellious age, having known freedom and a happy childhood only to lose it? Or is it worse to have only memories of imprisonment and an absent mother, never really knowing what it's like to have a normal family or a happy childhood? What's worse? Um, before I answer that, where were Chris and Kathy when Chris raped her? Were the kids nearby? I don't know where that happened. I think it happened up in the attic, didn't it? Okay. Are the kids able to hear the rape from downstairs? Well... Because I'm going to say the kids had it worse, if they can hear the rape. Or yeah, see I don't think they could. But, I mean, this is this is kind of interesting. This same question is one that we talked about in the last book, in Station Eleven, kind of. Oh, yeah. How the kids... Um, the kids who had been born after the plague, were they better or worse off for not having known how the previous world was? So. Yeah, they addressed it by saying, like, the kids adapt... Um, cause they're young enough yeah. where they adapt to the situation, but they, yeah, uh, they I mean, get really frustrated when they hear how good things were before them. Yeah. They get really mad. And, and in this book, they don't, the kids don't necessarily adapt. One of them just died. So that was pretty bad. <laughs> well, he adapted in his own way. Yeah. No, they did have television to show them over and over how great things are outside those walls. So, yeah. Uh, what'd you think of the book? It was disturbing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, in the uh, part two, it got real disturbing in a hurry. Like, the blood drinking and the... T- it got... It got real weird and disturbing. Yeah, it definitely did. In the second half, yeah. And didn't... Uh, I, I think I got confused. Wasn't the part where he... When she had the tar in her hair, 
did I completely miss? Because I, I was listening to the audiobook while I was like doing yard work and crap, so there's a good chance I completely misunderstood what I was listening to. Did he pee on her hair to get the tar out? Because he did bring um, her into the bathroom and he did talk about having to go pee and she did talk about being there while he's peeing. But was he peeing on her hair? I think so, right? Or <laughs> was he telling her to pee in the tub that she was in? So I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I think she was peeing in the toilet and he told her that she should also pee on herself <laughs> in the tub <laughs> to get the tar out of her hair. So it was, yeah, that was That weird. doesn't make any sense. Uh, the right. ammonia in the pee or something loosens tar. I, I don't know. Maybe if you have pure undistilled pee, but was she in the tub with water? And Well, yeah, because they were trying to, yeah, water and shampoo and everything. They were trying to get the tar out. So he thought, it's pee in there a little bit too. It should help. I, I don't know. This is just nuts. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, generally the book, I don't know. I, we don't need to read the rest of them. Let's put it that way. No, for sure. And what are they going to do? Even though, even though it's not as bad as twilight you know we are going to read all of twilight but we're not going to read all of these <laughs> no i know it's actually like less painful than twilight but we won't read it but we are going to put ourselves through twilight for no goddamn reason well in twilight at least i mean it's not quite as heavy as this was i mean there's some dark shit going on in this one like twilight has its issues with the uh, screwed up relationship dynamics and all that sort of thing but mm-hmm. it, at least it's a little bit lighter fair i mean this was just this was dark yeah it was it was dark but i mean if it was like if it was a better writer maybe it would be more interesting and dark but this was like not good writing and just icky to read yeah um the rape i was not expecting the rape that was like that was shocking to me because i was like oh this is about incest so like it's going to be this whole story about it leads up to why it's understandable that they made love to each other but no 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 <laughs> he got jealous and he raped her and yeah. i was like oh that was a twist i wasn't seeing coming at all which makes you think that the following books can't be that much better because is she's she's either gonna ditch the incest angle altogether and just have them just like living on the streets um is she still gonna try and work in more incest in there because that's what the people want right what you know yeah i know exactly like well incest worked last time so i'm just gonna keep just keep milking that because that's what the people want or whatever. But you never hear anyone talk about the rest of her books. You just hear about this one book and that's it. Then no one ever talks about how crazy the incest was in book two or anything. So yeah, I'm not. In- I, I'm interested to see what the book's about without actually reading it. So maybe I'll just get on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, why don't you get a little lowdown? What's what's it generally um, about? Does it got more incest? Oh, Kathy has children at some point. Jory, Jory, J O R Y, and and Bart. She names one of her kids Bart. So uh, that's weird. That's creepy. Oh, do they run across the mom? I bet you they probably run across the mom again later. They must. Wait. Okay. With uh, the books, if there be thorns and seeds of yesterday, the story also includes Kathy's children, Jory and Bart. After a mysterious woman and her butler move in next door, gradually turning Bart against his parents. <laughs> what what the hell is that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe I want to walk back from my statement where we weren't going to read the rest of these books. That sounds kind of intriguing. It's For like a, a horrible soap opera. It's 
Suddenly there's like an evil uh, yeah. butler <laughs> and an eccentric millionaire move in next door. Where where are they living? Where are they moving in next door? That's I don't crazy. know. Like we yeah. Did they get the mansion after all? Oh man, maybe we have to read book two. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we're gonna read more. I think we? we're gonna wind up reading book two. Ben, if you're gonna make me read Twilight, we're gonna have to read book two. Oh boy, am I excited. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm so okay. I was in like the overview of Wikipedia, now I'm going into like each novel's Wikipedia article to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next book, Petals on the Wind, <clears throat> is the second book in the series. It takes place from the sibling's successful escape in November 1960 to the fall of 1975. So that mm-hmm. that establishes when that took place. So that all took place in the 60s. Well. The late fifties, I guess. They if they escaped in November of nineteen sixty, then they ended up in the attic in nineteen fifty seven or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Which did they have portable TVs that long ago? I don't wasn't it like a portable TV that they had up there? I mean anyway. they they did. I mean they weren't all big like those okay. giant oak things that sit on the floor. There were some that were yeah. like kind of plastic and you put them on those weird metal stands. Like we we used to have one when I was growing up, it was down in the basement. It was black okay. and white and stuff and took forever to warm up. But anyways, uh, so yeah, they did exist. So I guess that's still a possibility. I just assumed it was in the 70s. And I don't know why. Uh, apparently not. So, okay, after they escape... Um, did they even have probably... leotards in the 50s? Yes. <laughs> um, so they escape. Kathy, Chris, and Carrie are traveling to Florida after they escape. Mm-hmm. Um, still weak from the arsenic. Uh, Carrie gets sick on the bus. Mm-hmm. Henrietta Beach, a mute African-American woman, rescues them and takes them to the home of her employer, 40-year-old widower Dr. Paul Sheffield of Claremont, South Carolina. So why, why, why is she got to be mute? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put it on the list, Ben. I think it's going to have to come up later. Speaking of juicy books, next up, I had offered On the Beach being a book that we could read. Yeah. Um, really not knowing if it's good or not. Always hearing it's good, but like, you know, maybe good for its time versus up to sure. today's standards. So we'll find out. Um, but then also one of your friends had mentioned getting the Woody Allen book that yeah. he came out, which would be probably so frustrating to read. And you know, the weird thing is, um, what's his name? The guy that does Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, Larry David, I saw something about that. He said, I don't see what's wrong. Yeah, he said, oh, yeah, it was a good book. I totally, like, side with him. Don't see anything wrong with it or whatever. And I was like, well, oh, my God. Yeah. What um, anyway, I already have On the Beach, so. So I guess another thought I had, because, like, the Woody Allen book just came out, so I would be getting a oh, hardcover yeah. for 30 bucks, That's right. which I don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the library isn't an option right now either. All right, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next week on the beach, part the first, one. Yeah, the first half of on the beach. Uh, by Neville shoot. Anything you want to shout, Ben? No. Oh, you are depressed. <laughs> you don't even have it in you to shout book boys. Are you just like laying in your bed facing a wall right now with your headset on? <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish I had a a girlfriend. Headset so I could do. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs>